0: well fresh off two consecutive NCAA tournament appearances the Gonzaga baseball team is less than one month away from the 2023 campaign hear all about this squad right here on the locked on Zags podcast don't go away you are locked on Zags your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is going on y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Zaga podcaster Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right I am thrilled to be joined today by Brandon Harmon. Brandon is now the associate head coach for the Gonzaga baseball team coming off a second straight NCAA tournament berth and seeing four pitchers all get selected in the 2022 MLB draft. Brandon less than a month until the season gets going in Lubbock against Texas Tech. How is the team coming along?
1: Yeah well first off thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah we're excited. A lot of new faces this year and kind of be fun to see how everything you know, sorts itself out and, mm-hmm. and, and who's going to step into some new roles and kind of like you alluded to we have uh, some new opportunities for guys to step in whether that's new new faces or some old faces that haven't had as many as many chances yet and mm-hmm. um, I think it I think it makes it kind of fun to see it, it it's fun and a little bit uh, a little bit of anxiety to that too of yeah I've who's going to do what but yeah ready ready to get down to West Texas and get going
0: yeah, you know it's mid-February season starts. Uh, feels so early to get going with baseball. Obviously, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, in particular, you guys got an opportunity to go down to Texas, start the season out uh, out there. Kind of, what, what does that process look like in terms of just trying to? prepare for a season and and especially with so many new guys kind of get everybody acclimated get everything going uh, especially when you know you're going to spend a lot of time in the early part of the season on the road and uh, maybe don't have as many opportunities to practice uh, in the sunshine until the season gets started
1: yeah I, I think that's something that this has been our um our mo here the last 10 to 15 years we get mm-hmm. out there and, and not only get on the road but it's it's getting mm-hmm. out there and playing big time competition and I think I mean, that's the one unique thing and like you alluded to, you're in Spokane right now. It's hard to mm. maybe wrap your head around that college baseball starts in, yeah. in less than a month. But mm-hmm. I think the big thing with college baseball, too, is there's no spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, I could make a pretty valid argument that potentially those first four four weekends could be some of our most important weekends. You know, mm-hmm. last year you go out and get a huge sweep at, at Oklahoma State and it mm-hmm. ends up being a signature-type weekend that sets you up for the rest of the year. Um, and so we need, to, we need to be ready to go on – on February seventeenth, down at you know, those four games at Texas Tech are mm-hmm. are huge from a resume standpoint, huge from your RPI, and so um, you know, we do a lot of different things here at, on campus. It's maybe not the most traditional practice setting if you were down at say UCLA, but right. um, we have a we have a formula and a plan that 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 we work and and we think gets our gets our guys ready to roll
0: let's talk a little bit about that non-conference schedule because we mentioned Texas Tech a handful of times and you mentioned the the Oklahoma State Series last year. But, man, looking at this year's non-conference schedule, there is a lot of really, really good teams. Number one and number two last year were Tennessee and Oregon State. They're both on the docket this year. Again, Texas Tech, also Ohio State, Oklahoma's on there, Minnesota's on there, UC Irvine has always been a solid program, uh, Oregon, Washington State. like There's a lot of really, really good teams. We'll get to the WCC a little bit later, but there's a lot of really good teams that that your t- your squad is playing outside of the WCC this year. Is that kind of an intentional pro- uh, step to kind of help with the RPI? Is it to kind of help get this, especially a, a, a relatively young Team that hasn't played a lot of innings together—is it kind of helpful to get them out there and playing against some of the very best right out of the shoot
1: Yeah, I, I think it has more to do with we're trying to get out and play the best get schedule that we can, mm-hmm. um and I, not so much maybe being a young team. It mm-hmm. Maybe seems a little more daunting when you look at it with yeah. everything that we've lost. I mean, these these schedules start to get put together, you know, two to three years in sure. advance. But um, yeah. It, the, the formula to getting to the postseason and having success is, is one challenge in your team. And mm-hmm. we need to go win those, these type of games. We need to go, you got to win those games. It doesn't do you as much good in our situation that you mm-hmm. play a lesser opponent, which doesn't make it any easier mm-hmm. um, but to win those games. Doesn't, doesn't help you out from a resume standpoint. And, and we definitely need to, to have that in our, in our mind when we're scheduling these games. And so, yeah, going out to Knoxville, I mean, not only is a, a, a way to build your resume, but that's a huge recruiting piece. You know, it's sure. a, it's a way to put our guys on a, you know, on that setting to go out and and compete versus the very best. They were the premier team last year and they, they stumbled in the super regionals, but Mm -hmm. that place is going to be rocking. You mentioned Oklahoma. This is maybe our biggest home series that we've ever had. You know, they -hmm. they were the runner up of the, in Omaha last year. And so getting them to Spokane for graduation weekend. And then, yeah, you have your traditional, you know, Oregon States, Oregon's, you mentioned UC Irvine, they're, they're going to be very competitive. And so um, we're really looking forward to the challenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the recruiting piece and I kind of hadn't thought about that, but it makes sense to be able to sell, you know, incoming students on, Hey, we're going to go play this team. We're going to go out to Lubbock. We're going to go out to Knoxville. We're going to go out to so-and-so we're going to bring Oklahoma to the house and, and, and play them here. And it seems like for a team that, I mean, you know, you, you think about basketball and recruiting there, you're recruiting a handful of guys a year for, for baseball. You got you got a lot more guys. I think 16 newcomers is what I read uh, on the baseball website. Like that's 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 a whole basketball team. Like you're recruiting a lot of different guys year in and year out. So uh, outside of the, the scheduling piece, kind of how, how is that process in terms of trying to find and identify a talent when you have so many different positions to fill basically on a year to year basis?
1: I mean, it's a process. You're, you're not only are you recruiting, you know, anywhere from twelve to fifteen. Some years are a little heavier, depending mm-hmm. on the draft, more guys. But um, we're recruiting multiple classes too. You mm-hmm. know, you're in the the twenty four class, the twenty five class, and mm-hmm. so trying to trying to get our crystal ball out and see what some sixteen year old kids are going to look like in four years. And yeah, <laughs> um, and you know, and the more success you have, you it can get you into more conversations. And I, I think there's a balance there too for us of staying true to the guys that we've had success with. Um, but also balancing can we can we continue to push it forward and keep keep getting premier talent. And, and we've obviously had some success doing that. But mm-hmm. we, some of those guys too are maybe a little bit I'm not gonna say diamond in the rough. That they, they weren't mm-hmm. diamonds in the rough, but they were guys that maybe we valued something that mm-hmm. other people didn't and we were able to to grow that when they're with if their time on campus here.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, like we said, Gonzaga saw four pitchers selected in the 2022 MLE draft. Uh, how this team replaced that talent and who's coming up next is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. You just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads, two player props, plus you can even combine your pets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Bet comfortably on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Basketball fans, baseball fans, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bets to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official spa- sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, segment two, still any patents, still... Locked on, Zags, still here chatting with Brandon Harmon, the associate head coach of the Gonzaga baseball program. Uh, Brandon Gabriel Hughes, Tristan Freeling, William Kempner, Brody Jesse, that is an incredible amount of pitching talent to lose from one year to another. Obviously extremely excited for the success of these four guys going into the major league draft, all getting selected in a truncated MLB draft. To see four guys selected is a, a fantastic testament to where this program is and, and kind of the, the steps that they have taken to get here. But when looking at the roster, you're looking at a team that's that lost a lot of innings, lost a lot of talent in the pitching room. Clearly, uh, Owen Wild is, is a player coming back. We've seen that he's already picked up some preseason All-American nods. So uh, obviously, a lot of that kind of pressure, a lot of that, uh, you know, what's going to happen to this team next year is going to kind of depend a lot on what he does. But, you know, what can you say about him and, and what you're expecting out of him? Maybe some of the other guys who are going to have to step up on a pitching staff that lost a lot of talent.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think not only losing those four draft picks, but we lost three seniors, too, who had a lot of innings. And so I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of innings to replace. There's a lot of mm-hmm. opportunity. And I think that's the way that we're going to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. Having having Owen being the cornerstone of that, I think there's there's comfort there. Um, a guy that we feel I think has a chance to maybe be preseason conference pitcher of the year, Friday night type guy. Mm-hmm. Had a huge sophomore year for us. I mean, Will Kempner missed, I think, close to eight weeks last year. In, yeah. Owen slid right in and was that that Swiss Army Peace Force that kind of kept us going. Um, and so I mean beyond I, we expect big things out of Owen. I'm excited mm-hmm. about him. There's there's comfort with him. After that it's it's a lot of opportunity. You know there's yeah. there's guys um, that have had maybe short bursts of of success and mm-hmm. their fair amount of failure as well um, mm-hmm. to to really step into some bigger roles and then there's probably a few names that nobody outside of our program really knows about that maybe due to the amount of quality guys we had last year, just didn't get those opportunities as a freshman that Mm -hmm. on previous teams would have maybe been that, you know, 10 appearances, but, you know, Bradley Mullen um, is a guy that's been out there before a couple of young guys, Nate DeShriver, Kai Francis, both have a chance. And then we have a, you know, a grad transfer, um, Ty Buckner that we're kind of counting on to come in and, and be able to fill one of those, one of those roles. But, you know, these next three weeks are going to really help sort that out of, of who fits into what role and, I think confidently right now I can say that Owen's got, got a spot locked mm-hmm. in, and out, after that it's – I have a good idea of who, who's going to go where, but it's it's a pretty open competition, and how they perform here these next three weeks is going to dictate that.
0: Absolutely. Well, you, you mentioned Mullen. You mentioned a couple of the other pitchers. I'm curious, uh, looking at the other side of the game, looking at the hitting stuff, uh, obviously not as many players uh, – you know, not, not any guys selected in the draft, not as many obvious guys who, who departed the program, but still some guys who left some, some, some roles that need to be filled. I'm curious, just kind of looking at, at the hitting side of things, who, who are some guys that, that we're expecting to really step up? And, and if this team is to reach a third straight NCAA tournament, if this team is to, to reach the ceiling that, that you and Coach MacHoff and everybody have kind of identified for this team, like who are some, some guys on the hitting side who really uh, are going to step up and have a big year?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a big positive. We we're going to be experienced on on the offensive yeah. side. We lose one I think one big bat in Tyler Rando. Yeah. Uh, had a chance to sign a free agent deal with the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Um, hit in the middle of our order for two years, but beyond that you you return um you know 6 to 7 regulars um mm-hmm. highlighted I think by the left side of our infield with you know Cade McGee is yeah. you know reigning conference freshman of the year. I think he hit close to 12 home runs and he's got a chance to be a cornerstone type yeah. player, a good draft pick when he's eligible next year. Connor Cabalas can't say enough good things about him. He was kind of our um, unsung hero last year, but conference mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. He's just rock solid. And then Xavier Pinales had a really great year for us as a, as a junior last year. And I kind of envisioned him and, and another guy, Enzo Apodaca, as mm-hmm. all freshman team center field. They're both those guys in, in their second year of division one baseball, I think taking a big jump. Yeah. Um, kind of trying to fortify um, our lineup a little bit too. Um, brought in a great JC transfer. transfers, junior college national player of the year and Brian Calmer. Um, has a chance to play first base and maybe play some third base when Cade McGee pitches as well too, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I think there's a lot of really exciting pieces. And I, you know, guys like Grayson Sterling who've had, I feel like he's been here for seven years, and maybe he has been now with COVID and, and a red shirt. But right. guys that have a lot of experience under their belts, and so I think, I think you know, maybe there isn't just the one guy outside of McGee that just stands out as being a, the premier guy. But I think mm-hmm. one through nine, there's a lot of depth and a lot of guys that know how to play the game.
0: You mentioned a handful of the new newcomers and obviously the, the grad transfer in Buckner, a, a, a nice addition to a pitching staff that could, could use some experience there. But are there other in, like new guys, whether they're JUCO guys, I know there's a handful of those, of course, peer freshmen who are coming in who, who you guys are really expecting like, hey, this maybe it's the next Cade McGee. Maybe it's another guy who kind of breaks out as a true freshman and, and kind of uh, cements themselves as, as a premier player to watch for this program going forward. Right.
1: I think the one guy that really stands out as a, as a true freshman that's got a chance to, to really go is, is Peyton Graham um, mm-hmm. he's from the Tri-Cities down in – went to in High School um, with a great two-way guy, a great football player in high school, and yeah. he's just a pitcher now. Um, and it's an exciting arm. I mean, it's got a chance mm-hmm. to be in three years a, a really good draft pick up to 95, 96, mm-hmm. um, how quick he – you know adjust to the speed of the division one baseball from a high school sure. player. I mean, that's going to be a little bit of process there. It might not be week one, but mm-hmm. I think by week five or six, you could see him being in the center of of what we need to do with our rotation. Um, another newcomer, you know, he's the NWAC pitcher of the year, the Northwest uh, Junior mm-hmm. College Association. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Nelson, kind of yeah. a funky guy. He's got a little bit of Alec Jacob to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy I think can have a really important role for us and fill some really important innings. And, being a new guy, but it's a little bit older, who's been in the fire, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, at college baseball, at least. So.
0: And Alec Jacobs, certainly not a, not a bad arm to get a comparison to uh, yeah. with the success that he's had in the San Diego system. Uh, I want to switch gears with you a little bit, Brad, and kind of talk uh, more broadly about uh, the NCAA and specifically the changes that have kind of come down in the last couple of years. Notably, the the NCAA transfer portal and the NL- NLI impact. Uh, obviously, those get talked about primarily through the through the lens of football and basketball. Uh, but obviously, they do have an impact on, on, on every sport and certainly on baseball, a team that, uh, as we talked about, has. A fair amount of turnover year in and year out, and, and bigger rosters than than basketball, at least. certainly not than football. But uh, I'm kind of curious how, in the first couple of years of these two things being kind of new and and experimental in the NCAA, how how you have found them to impact uh, your role, how you have found them to impact the Gonzaga baseball program, and really just perhaps college baseball a bit more broadly.
1: I think everything you read about the portal being the wild west, I yeah. think, is is accurate. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys in there and there's, there's a handful that probably should be in there to go and maybe look for a new opportunity or mm-hmm. maybe advance their, the, the program that they're, that they're trying to go to, if that's what, what they so choose. And mm-hmm. and you have a lot of guys in there that they're searching for greener pastures that aren't necessarily, it's the same situation, wherever yeah. they're at. Um, yep. Us individually, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of really good grad transfers on, on the last mm-hmm. two teams you alluded to. Shay Kramer mm-hmm. started yeah. at first base, Andrew Orzel the year before. um we have the one, the one grad transfer this year and, mm-hmm. um, and Ty Buckner and, and we lost one player to the portal as well, too, that, mm-hmm. that we didn't really anticipate, but you know, we haven't really dipped our toes into that water mm-hmm. you know, as crazy. And, and part of that too is, you know, we felt it this, this summer, you talk about NIL, um, mm-hmm. there was a few guys that we thought we'd be a pretty attractive piece to. And, um, man, there's some school, you know, SEC, ACC, yeah. some, some of the big 12 and, Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, they're throwing out. It's not, it's not basketball, football type mm-hmm. nil, but you know, twenty to twenty five thousand dollars potentially. That's a lot of money to a twenty two year old. Yep. Um, we weren't in the game on that. That hasn't been really anything that we've. Um, we don't have a whole lot of presence in the nil, and that's mm-hmm. that's okay. We we feel like what we have to offer at Gonzaga, as far as our education, or experience, or development, mm-hmm. we we still have. There's still a lot of good things there, but sure, um, you are seeing it in our sport, it's, it's starting to creep in. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said, the SEC, especially there's a, there's a, there's a lot going on there. You mm-hmm. said LSU landed three of the very best players in the country. And yeah, I think there's some NIL, uh, sure. <laughs> you know, Tommy White hit 28 home runs a year at, at NC state and found his way down in Baton Rouge. So, mm-hmm. um, it's an interesting time that it's just, you got to keep navigating it and, and figure out what, what fits your program best. And like I said, we've, we've used it to some degree but it's we're not wholeheartedly in the in the deep end with it
0: yeah totally it's a it's it's such a brand new thing it's understandable kind of like let's let's figure this out and see how it's going to shake out and certainly you expect that at some point the the numbers that we're seeing in the transfer portal will start to kind of die down whether because the NCAA intervenes or because it's just is not as it's not as new, so it's not something that, that is maybe being uh, brought to everybody's attention as something that they should be doing. But I want to kind of switch gears on you again, uh, Brandon, and kind of close out the show talking about the WCC. Uh, they had a really nice year on the Diamond as a, as a collective uh, conference last year. We saw five teams finish over 500 uh, obviously San Diego has kind of been the team to beat, but I'm kind of curious outside of Gonzaga, of course, but I'm kind of curious uh, looking at the schedule this year, looking at the teams in the conference after what happened last year, uh, if you're kind of how, how you're anticipating WCC season to go and, and kind of the growth uh, of the teams in the conference over the last uh, five or six years or so.
1: Yeah. I, I think the, the, the cast of characters that we saw last year would be similar. I think San Diego had mm-hmm. a little dip there from like 2013 yep. to 2020 and for the mm-hmm. last two years they've, Kind of reasserted themselves as being a team that we—they're really good, and they, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things going on down there at the campus at USD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I anticipate them being good. I think BYU has a chance to be good again before mm-hmm. they they depart us for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Portland was a team that had a really good year last year, and mm-hmm. they have some pieces to fill, but I think they're on the upswing. And then, you know, kind of to back up to what we were just talking about with transfer portal and mm-hmm. you know, a couple programs maybe lost, you know, they were on the, the wrong yeah. end of that. They had two or three of their best players um, make that move to go to, to different places. And, mm-hmm. and so I think maybe a little bit more of a mixed bag with what we're going to get from a couple of teams i I truly don't know. And then you know, I, I look at a team like Santa Clara that mm-hmm. I think they're pretty talented that was a group mm-hmm. that didn't, didn't make our conference tournament last year, but I see a lot of pieces there that they returned, had a couple guys that didn't go in the draft that mm-hmm. I think have a chance to, to compete, but I think it's going to be wide open. And we definitely, um, are ready to throw our name in the hat there to, uh, you know, to defend uh, our last couple of years. Absolutely.
0: You mentioned BYU there, uh, and I kind of wanted to close the show talking about BYU a little bit, obviously. Uh, As you mentioned, they are heading to the Big 12 after this, their final go-round in the WCC. And uh, I'm, I'm curious what the experience has been like getting a chance to play this school, obviously kind of, before they, they were added to the WCC, the conference was basically Spokane, Portland, and then everybody else down the, the West Coast line in California, uh, having an opportunity to play a school in a different geographical area, uh, different uh, elevation, uh, and obviously a program that has a ton of resources, a ton of students, all of that stuff. Like kind of what, what the experience, experience going up against BYU has been like and what kind of loss it might be for the WCC with them to be
1: departing. Yeah, I, I think it's been a lot of positives. Um, the, the only negative, I'll start with the negative and finish the positive. You know, they do have one built in advantage. You, you always play them on Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Yeah, They're always on on pace, and mm-hmm. you're always adjusting to them. But mm-hmm. um, outside of that, it's been nothing. You know, classy program, yeah. um, talented. They play hard. Their facilities are absolutely gorgeous down there in Provo. It's a trip we look forward to taking down there and playing. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it leaves a big void in the conference. I think they, have obviously, if you look over the last seven or eight years, they've been a, in the top four regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're looking forward to having one last go around with them here. And, um, who, who knows with, with all the rumors, maybe, maybe we'll join them here at some point. Who yeah. Knows? That's all <laughs> yeah. here today. I have no insight there, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they're, they're a program that's. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they will be missed in conference for sure. As, aside from having to play them a day earlier than everybody else.
0: Yep. So. Totally. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time. I know there's a lot of people listening who are excited about the opportunity to go to Gonzaga baseball games. It's it's certainly more difficult to go to Gonzaga basketball games, so I know that Spokane area fans like the opportunity to, to go to campus. So uh, uh, thank you again for coming on. Hopefully some, some fans get an opportunity to come out there and, and check out the Oklahoma series. That sounds like it's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, you said it was uh, graduation weekend. Is that when that one is?
1: Graduation weekend, so nice. Mother's Day weekend.
0: Mother's Day weekend, Patterson Baseball Complex. Zags versus Oklahoma. That sounds like an absolute blast. Coach Brandon Harmon, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Andy. Go Zags.
0: Go Zags.